Welcome to the LFC Agenda Podcast, our very first episode. Wow, ironic, given that uh, we're going to talk about LASK 1, Liverpool 3 in the Europa League. A competition I can't, I can't get into. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get excited about it. Listen, like anyone else, once it gets to the latter stages, the business end, and we're in, you know, March time, last 16 quarterfinals, then, you know, A, the level of competition is likely to ramp up, and also you're excited about a potential trophy in the hori- on the horizon that you could uh, pick up. And this is one that, I'll be honest, I'll be very disappointed if Liverpool aren't in come the final. Semi-finals at the least, but I guess positives for uh, this year, even though I'm not a big fan, are that it's being held in Dublin, which uh, is a hotbed of of LFC support, and also that uh, it's one competition that Jurgen Klopp, our glorious manager, has yet to win. Now, those of you who can cast your minds back to his very first season, where I think we finished well outside the top four. You'll remember that he reached the League Cup final and we were beaten by Man City. Painful. Uh, But really painful was the Europa League final. Daniel Sturridge opening (laughs) the scoring. And at that point, we thought we were on our way to Champions League qualification through the back door. But it was slapped down by Seville, masters of this competition. Who knows, maybe they'll be in it again <laughs> come the new year. But um, Liverpool, with the bookies, uh, are down as favourites. Brighton, second favourites. No idea why. But anyway, um, this game for me really, really felt like um, a Premier League fixture <laughs> in the in the sense of the, the, the pattern of um, the action. Liverpool getting a goal down. Liverpool winning the match 3-1. We've been there before, right? Um, recently, on the weekend, just gone, when we, we beat Wolves at Molyneux. So it is a pattern. Liverpool starting fairly slowly, feeding their way into the game, going behind, and then turning their, their, their fortunes around. This time around is very different because Jurgen Klopp named uh, an entirely... Fresh starting eleven. Uh, Virgil van Dijk coming back into the team, who's been suspended recently. And a start for Ryan Gravenberch. I think uh, Simikas also started his first game of the season. Uh, ben Doak started up front. So he's our, our young, exciting Scottish talent, who we hope to see a lot of in, in the competitions like the Europa League and the League Cup. And also it was an opportunity for Stefan Bicetic, I can never say his name properly, um, who began the game at right back. Kevin Kelleher also started in goal. He wasn't at all at fault for the opener, which arrived on the 14th minute uh, via the boot of Florian Flecker. What an exceptional strike that was from the edge of the box. Great technique. Let it bounce. Struck it firm and true. Uh, I think it was the pace 
that really did for Keller. He had no chance to react to that, really. Um, I don't think I'd lay any blame at his door for that. It was it was a blockbuster. Uh, and from that point, you could tell that Liverpool were awoken. <laughs> Not the first time this season. Again, I wouldn't lay blame um, for the way they conceded the goal, but I would point to the fact that it felt like a, a fairly lethargic start and we've seen a few of those this season again because it was an entirely new starting 11 you kind of look at it within the context of the fact that these players haven't played together there are youngsters who haven't got many uh, minutes in the tank and they're playing against a team who essentially let's face it were playing the game of their lives I think um, I heard in commentary that they played May United before I couldn't remember that match when I watch a lot of football but I think it might have been during during COVID when there was no fans. So um, for them, for the for the Austrian team, it was um, a huge occasion, and you could see they put everything into it. And the risk was always for Lask that they would throw everything at Liverpool uh, early doors and then run out of gas. And that's kind of what happened um, in the end. So Liverpool, they did respond. Uh, they had uh, a few half chances. Uh, Darwin Nunes, who was uh, the target man for Liverpool tonight, actually had um, a couple of those chances in the first half. One was a, a really good ball from, I think it was uh, Graven Birch that flashed across the box and he just failed to connect. Um, there weren't an abundance of, of clear-cut chances, but you kind of got the feeling they were you know, building up to something. Um, they went in one nil down half time, but I don't think anyone was experiencing any panic at that point from a Liverpool point of view because we've seen this team come back before. This resilience, you know, a lot of fans of other teams are like to make light of the mentality monsters tag, but I really feel it's coming back with this team. I really feel that whenever there's a bit of adversity. These guys have the metal. They have the resilience to dig deep and put it out of the bag. And that's exactly what they did in the second half. Unsurprisingly, again, given the quality of the opposition, our respective standing, what this manager is capable of, what this team is capable of, the individuals we have, the bench was stacked with talent <laughs> waiting to come and rescue the day for us. And um, I think it was uh, around the 50, I want to say the 54th minute uh, when Darwin Nunes um, struck from the penalty spot. I've just seen it was minute 56 actually. Uh, Diaz, Luis Diaz was fouled in the box. Darwin Nunes stepped up, struck the ball firmly into the bottom corner uh, beyond the last keeper. And there it was, 1-1. And from that point, you felt there was going to be one outcome. Well, I did anyway. It didn't take long to arrive uh, on 62 minutes. Ryan Gravenberch was making his debut, uh, showing plenty of industry and, and um, guile throughout the match. Very aggressive. I know he wasn't everyone's cup of tea. I know the last two signings Liverpool made, Endo and Gravenberch, they didn't grab everyone's imagination. This was a, a solid debut. 
you have to put it within the context of the quality of the opposition. So we mustn't get too carried away. But it was a fantastic ball whipped into the box and swept home by Luis Diaz uh, in a flash. The goalkeeper had, I don't even think he saw it. And the ball was dispatched into the net. 2-1, Reds were up and running. And then they really grabbed the game by the throat. Slightly concerned Ryan Gravenberch came off with 50 minutes to go. But um, when the replacement is Mo Salah, that's a problem for the opposition. Guys, let me tell you, Mohamed Salah, I've heard pundits for the last two months uh, before the window closed, or the last month before the window closed, when the Saudi bid came in and there was all the speculation, say, oh, but 150 million, Liverpool can't turn that down. Let me tell you, if Liverpool offered 300 million pounds for Mohamed Salah this summer, that money would still be there next summer. Maybe it might be 10, 20 million less. But the biggest, most important Muslim player, the biggest and best Arab player in history, the most productive, potent footballer in England right now. If we'd accepted any fee for Mohamed Salah would essentially be accepting compensation for throwing our season away. Would make no sense. And once again, yet again, the output king, the Egyptian king, delivered with Liverpool's third goal in this match. It was a class finish. It was such a sweet delightful finish it's almost like when he's in the box and we know that this season he's been more of a provider um, dropping into deeper positions uh, to supply the bullets but it was just a reminder of the sting in the in the tail when it comes to Mohamed Salah what a glorious footballer he slowed the game down teased the defender in the box and slid home a cool finish with his left foot past the goalkeeper. He did it so nonchalantly. He barely celebrated. I don't think it's because he didn't care. I think um, he's made his feelings known about how devastated he was not to qualify for the Champions League. It's because he understood that, again, these games are like warm-ups. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. Just look at the quality, the standing, the history of these players, this club, this manager. These games are a warm-up for the next phase. But while we're in it, we need to take advantage of you know the minutes that we can give to other players in the team who maybe aren't going to start as many matches. And also, you know, just building up the goals, uh, the confidence of the team. And it's just another win to add to you know the victories that they've clocked up in the Premier League so far and um, yeah the machine keeps rolling on so 3-1 in the end uh, despite all the changes despite falling behind and it feels like a, a pattern with this Liverpool team that um, you know they can dig deep 
no matter the opposition and really find another gear when they need to my one concern would be that when the level of competition steps up are they going to be in a position each time to if they go a goal behind to get out the out the bag and rescue it because if we look at the Wolves performance on Saturday gone at midday and again we all know about the curse of the midday kickoffs and the fact that Liverpool are players coming back but if we look at that performance you have to think to ourselves and be honest Liverpool could and should have been two goals down before half time and then that would have been a different story we probably wouldn't be talking about a great comeback we'd probably be frustrated at another unexpected defeat to add to the list of some of those that we saw last year but let's not forget Liverpool in the Premier League we'll touch on the West Ham game that's coming on the weekend in the Premier League have the longest unbeaten record well into double figures I think it's about 15 matches maybe I'm underselling it I think it's at least 15 matches someone will tell me someone will correct me and I, I do believe that they have the capacity, they have the ability to extend that run at least for the next three or four games. So tonight was satisfactory in terms of result. Maybe not so much performance in the first half, but as I said, there were mitigating um, factors for that. And it's not a competition that we need to stress too much over in the early stages it's a relatively um, straightforward group to get through particularly given the way we've started things with a victory away from home you'd expect I don't know the sequence of the matches but you'd expect that when Liverpool entertain Lask at home they'll get three points there and then the other teams if you were playing Champions League, you wouldn't bat an eyelid at Liverpool uh, doing the double over. Toulouse and Union Saint-Gilloise. I've probably butchered that name. But this is what happens when you're in Europa League football. You get teams whose names you can't pronounce, you've never heard of. <laughs> so, on to Saturday. Liverpool will play West Ham in the league. And... Um, Confident again. I, I I really believe that the guys have got the bit between their teeth. I don't mean to to curse things. Oh, it's Sunday, is it? Sunday at 2pm. I don't mean to curse things or jinx things. But you'd expect Liverpool at home, if they can finally get off to a comfortable start. Actually, I say finally. If they can replicate what they achieved against Villa and get off to a decent start and just control the game then uh, we'll all be happy we'll all be happy with that because more than likely if the luck is on their side that will mean they'll get a victory West Ham solid side we saw what happened when City went there City are the standard bearers I don't care what anyone says there is no title race until the point that people start standing up to Man City so I don't really see it as we need to keep up with City. 
That's not my perspective. My perspective is Liverpool are comfortably one of the top three sides in Britain. In England, in the Premier League, right? Which means in Britain. But the point is, they finished fifth last season. They actually rose from 10th, I think in March, to 5th, which shows you the trajectory of, of their progress. And with the midfield refresh, uh, most are staying uh, and injuries hopefully not uh, affecting us so much this season. I would expect uh, a top three finish. I expect Arsenal to be in there somewhere, but I honestly believe we're a better team than them. And I believe in the Premier League will continue to show that. Some interesting comments came out this week from Mikel Antonio, um, the West Ham striker, <laughs> regarding Liverpool. I think they were fairly tongue-in-cheek and they may be have been taken out of context a little bit by the, the social media uh, warriors. I think he came out with something along the lines of West Ham would finish above Liverpool. So he he does a podcast called the the Footballers Football Podcast. Actually, really good uh, with Callum Wilson, um, a couple of others, and uh, he said we're going to finish higher than Liverpool this season. I'm putting it out there, but he did say it fairly tongue in cheek. When I listened back to it, you know there was a bit of chuckling going in the background. He was getting ribbed by the other guys on the podcast. I think it was a bit of joviality. But when you see the comments uh, in their naked form, people can pick up on it and uh, make of it what they will. Get carried away, get uh, irritated by such comments. I don't think he's under any illusions of how difficult a task it will be to go to Anfield and pick up points. That being said, Liverpool do need to be wary because West Ham have some interesting weapons uh, at their disposal. But you know what? Most Premier League teams have at least one or two players who you think, shoot, they could actually hurt us if we're not on our A game. So, as always, Liverpool need to get the job done, be focused, and ultimately, if they're going to get the points, it's not going to be a, a, a walkover. It's not like the old days where, you know, under Benitez, Previous managers, we'd expect to stuff that team 3 or 4-0. Not that Liverpool are not capable of it. But right now, you take any kind of win to keep this run going. And it is a fantastic run. So far in the Premier League, four wins, one draw. Are you surprised by that? I'm not surprised by it, but it is a fantastic run. And when I talk about a fantastic run, I'm talking about, you know, off the back of what they did towards the end of last season, where, quite frankly, if the league had continued for another six or seven games, they'd be playing Champions League football. But, as they've learned, hopefully, you're going to need to get the results from early uh, to give yourselves a firm chance of securing top four. And who knows beyond that? Don't want to get too excited. Don't want to make any rash statements. But, the signs are good so far and we'll be hoping for a positive result come the weekend 2pm this Sunday at Anfield. Can't wait for that one. Alright, so thanks a lot for listening to episode one. 
Um, we'll be back on Sunday evening uh, following that game. Let's hope it goes well. And in the meantime, please drop us a top rating, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Let your friends know, let your people know, and we'll catch you on Sunday. You never walk alone.